Welcome back to another episode of the True North Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Paul, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Chaz Backman, a friend and a fellow coach in the industry. Chaz is doing some awesome things in the online nutrition and fitness space. He owns a gym in Idaho, and you're going to hear him talk a little bit more about that journey as a coach and his business, but Chaz brings an incredible perspective to the mindset to overcome obstacles by simply taking action and how that can truly compound into amazing progress. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Chaz, man, welcome. You are um, you are known to, I, I became familiar with you uh, through the Lost and Lifting, like your brand there. Sure. And um, you know, I thought that was really cool because I was drawn to it. And I think, I think it's probably cool on your side of hearing this too, is like, I think I actually grasped it right away too. And kind of like what it, what it was. And then I heard you explain it on a podcast once. So, uh, but I'd love to hear more about like from you, what it, what does lost and lifting mean? And is it, is it different from where you, where you started? Yeah, man. Um, it's definitely different than when we started. So I mentioned this on a, a podcast the other day with Jeremiah, maybe that's one of the ones that you listened to, but when, when lost and lifting started, hell, probably five years ago. Um, the idea behind it, me and my wife, my girlfriend at the time, we were in Costa Rica and we were like, try, we love to travel. We love to, we've got been to like Thailand. We've been to China. We just got back from Mexico for two weeks. We like to travel a lot. And so um, before we were married, before we had kids, we were spending a week in Costa Rica and we we're trying to f- figure out like, what do we want to do with our lives? Right. Just working regular nine to five job, nine to five jobs. I was working um, in a family business. My wife, was actually Miss Girlfriend at the time. She was actually just getting done being Miss Idaho. So she had been like to the the Miss USA pageants and all that. So she's trying to figure out like what she wants to do with her career because that chapter of her life was ending. And so we decided we were going to start Lost and Lifting. And the idea behind it was to show other people how to be able to stay fit while traveling. So Lost was supposed to be like traveling and lifting was the in-shape part of it, right? So we decided we're going to start a blog and somehow we're going to make money off of it. We never really figured out how that was going to happen, but we just took messy action and just started. So I think like the first blog we ever put on the website was a was the blog of us going to Costa Rica and like talking about what we did, um, trying to put like affiliate links and that kind of stuff. We didn't have any <laughs> yeah. coming to it. Um, and then like trying to show like a little bit of our workouts in like the crappy gym that, that was on the resort that we were on. Right. So that was how the company started. That was the idea behind it anyway. And that's where that name came from. But as time went on, um, obviously we weren't making any money there. And so Clara was, she had to get a job. I was still working my job and fitness coaching was becoming more and more of a thing online, right? Like the goal wasn't really to be fitness coaching right off of right off of the bat through Lost and Lifting. It was like a a blog with the traveling side of it. And then as I started seeing other people being able to become full-time as online coaches, I was doing a little bit of in-person training at the time, was completely infatuated with fitness. Like I I ended up really loving it after I got into it after high school, after sports and whatnot. And people were taking this thing seriously and and going full-time with it. And so um, I just, the whole traveling side of it, obviously just, didn't work. We ended up getting jobs. We ended up having a baby, that kind of stuff. Traveling kind of slowed down. We don't do that nearly as much anymore. And uh, it just kind of evolved into fitness. And my wife and I both started coaching, nutrition coaching, training coaching, all that kind of stuff for the first little while. And then um, we had our first child and my wife decided that the coaching aspect of it wasn't necessarily something that was for her. She, she enjoyed doing it, but she didn't love it. And as you know, to be a coach 
in this space to serve others like we do, you have to absolutely love that process and be like infatuated with it, right? Because it's hard and it takes so much of your energy to, to be able to give that service to others. And so she decided to step back away from that a little bit and she's taken a different career path. And when that happened, I just took over the whole Lost, Lost and Lifting brand myself and just like made the brand um, based on me instead of just based on my wife and I, it just became Chaz's brand, Lost and Lifting. And I kind of switched the branding to be more of um, Lost and Lifting in, in terms of like helping you find your confidence through training and nutrition. So the lost part is helping you refine your confidence, if that makes sense. So, so the name worked kind of both ways, which was cool. I just kind of made that shift with it and went that way. And, and for me, when it comes to training and nutrition anyways, you probably noticed in my content and most do what I really try to get across is the mental side of it, right? Like helping people with the emotional side, the mental side of it, because like what I always say is you can't change physically until you accept that you're going to have to work on yourself mentally first. Right. And if you don't do that, the results that you get for yourself are never going to be sustainable or maintainable for you in the long run. If you're not working on those mindset adaptions first, in terms of being patient, in terms of being consistent, in terms of understanding that you're going to lose motivation along the way, um, just accepting these things beforehand is what's going to help you down the road. And most people are honestly, they're lost in that when they first start their fitness trainings, right? That's not the stuff you're thinking about. You're thinking about macros. You're thinking about what are the best workouts? Where should my calories be? Should I do keto? Should I do this? Or should I do that? When really we need to start with those mental shifts first, and then the rest of everything else can start to work. We can put in science-based protocols and start getting you the results that you want down the line. But I know that's a super long-winded answer, but that's kind of like the, the whole spectrum of where it's come from and where the brand's at today. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, it was a big question. So I think yeah. you did a great job you know, get, getting the details when we needed there. So um, what one question that came to mind was when you talk about, so like mindset, right? You, you, you came from like a, a sport background, like high school, did you play mm -hmm. college sports or like just kind of just always been involved? Yeah. High school, I played um, basketball, baseball and football. I was really serious in it. Um, right out of school, I tried to go play college ball, but I wasn't I wasn't dedicated enough, honestly. Like I, I put all of my efforts, like I had, I had God given talent that was just handed to me. But when I was younger, I wasn't, I wasn't putting in the work that it was going to take to get to that next level. I just, I thrived off of what I already had instead of putting in that work ethic to get better and better. So I didn't end up going to college. No, but, but yeah, sport or in high school. Yes. I was heavily, heavily into it. So I have two sort of mindset questions for you then, because I feel like yeah, I played college football. And when, when I look back at that time, sometimes it's almost difficult because I knew my world started with training, like how, how, like my, my fitness world began with training when I was young. And when I played football, it was like, it was all about effort, mm -hmm. which you really like, it's a hundred percent. Like it, that's a non-negotiable, you know, like piece of success, but also you ever look back at that and just like, sort of like you find frustration in it and and or clarity in it when you think about those times that's a really good question man both honestly like who i am today and the principles and my work ethic are like full transparency off of a little bit of regret of taking advantage of those times back in the day right like i absolutely basketball was my sport i i love basketball i was I was pretty good at basketball, but again, I didn't put in the time outside of basketball season to be great at it, to be able to take it to that next level. Right. And like looking back at that and thinking, yeah, I was good, but like I left so much potential on the table 
a little bit of that regret that's left in my, my mouth. Now, it, it, honestly, it's a good thing at this point, right? It's just, it's just experience for me to learn from and be able to grow from because now everything that I put my mind into is like, I cannot sleep at night if I didn't give myself a hundred percent to whatever those efforts were in that day, being a coach, if I'm not putting in all of my effort that I physically can to be as good as I can at it, it doesn't sit well with me. When we open the gym, um, getting that going, making sure that I was there for every single thing, signing up every single member by myself, doing all of the nitty gritty work and being there for as long as I needed to be to make sure that things were ran as the best as they could. Like I, I have to, and that's come from probably messing up a little bit when I was younger and not giving myself that full effort. But at the end of the day, you live and you learn from things. So looking back is probably a positive, but if I wasn't able to be aware of that and realize, okay, where did I go wrong in this instead of um, blaming somebody else or an outside source, or it was the, the coach on the college basketball team that just didn't like me. And that's why I didn't make it. I had to become self-aware and realize, okay, this is all on me. So how can I course correct this in other areas of my life down the road to actually start achieving the things that I actually want to achieve? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that speaks to probably most of the people that you and I work with and, sure. and any nutrition or, tra you know, training coach is going to work with in that there's probably a story that they're telling themselves or a frustration that they haven't really healed from in that, right? And they're, they're still fighting that sort of, that kind of like the example you said, that regret in their mouth. And how important is that to you when you're like, when you're coaching them uh, to, to change that story, to change that, you know, their, how they're writing their story or, or just viewing that experience? Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to awareness. Like as a coach, our job is obviously to give science-based training and nutrition principles. That's going to be periodized for that client individualized to them. Right. But like, I think more importantly than that, most people just don't, what I found is that most people don't take the time to be aware of their actions and, and what those actions, what the, the actions that they do take, what results that's leading to. So one of my biggest things and like what I try to really help people with and bring value to is helping them become aware, asking them the hard questions about the decisions they made in the past and where did that lead them to and things like just helping them get far more aware of the situations that they've made, where they're at today, what they need to do to change that, what things are they not doing right now that they might be able to give a little bit of a better effort in um, to start actually creating those changes and, and just stop taking away the blame from anywhere else because at the end of the day for any of us man whoever it is it, it doesn't matter you have to put the blame on yourself for the situation that you are in regardless if it's your fault or not because if you take that blame off of you and put it somewhere else then you don't you're not in control to change it anymore and so you always have to put yourself in power by putting the blame of everything that happens into you everything that happens to you on you so that it gives you the power to create the change around that that's powerful, man. I mean, I think that comes from, it sounds a lot like, you know, extreme ownership. Like I, I can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't say that I've, I've read the book, but you know, you, you look at the principle, right. And that, that is that ownership. I think too, when you, when you look at it that way, it's like you have power over it because every time that you put that energy into blame or complaint or someone else, it's no longer your, like you don't have power over that. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so you, you're constantly fighting and then, you know, <laughs> against all the other, whether it's misinformation or uh, just struggles in your life and you're fighting against yourself more than anything. Yeah, it's important with everything, like the way that our world is now and kind of the chaos that we've gone through, like in this country and everything, you know what I mean? Like you don't control the outside situations. That's what's happening. But if you take everything that's happening to you out of your control, you're left to the mercy of, of whatever's going on in your surroundings. And instead of taking back that control for yourself, it's a hard pill to swallow up front, but when you do it, like it, it leads to so much more freedom because it gives the decisions and it gives the choices back to you to start making the changes that you want to make, which I think is extremely important. And usually it just comes down to like having these conversations, you know what I mean? Like, and just accepting that I have to be the one to take the blame for everything that goes right and everything that goes wrong in my life. And that, that goes for everything, your relationships, your fitness, um, your business, all of that kind of stuff. It all has to come back on you so that you have the power to create the change around it. <laughs> so was that something that came naturally to you, that, that instinct to basically like this idea of extreme ownership? Yeah. Um, it has in my later years, like in the last few years definitely has. I, I haven't always been that way. Like out of high school, I was into, um, I was partying a lot. I was dicking around. I was working a job that I didn't really like that much, like just doing it to make money. Right. Like all that kind of stuff. And always dreaming of having these dreams of running my own businesses, of being in the shape that I want to be in, of helping other people be able to do the same thing of, of not being confined to a nine to five job and a nine to five salary, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, um, so like back in the day, I wasn't like that. I, I put the blame on other people for the situations that I was in. But as I started just honestly listening to other people's podcasts, people's talking about the same sort of a concept and um, seeing other people get successful and them talking about this is how I did it by taking on this mindset, um, I just slowly adapted it and started implementing little by little. And it steamrolled over time and has led me to a position now where um, I'm doing all of those things that one day that I thought that I never really could. And the only reason that I got to that point was because I started taking extreme ownership and started just stop putting the blame on outside sources to where I couldn't control it. So I haven't always been that way. No, but as I adopted that mindset and started to learn it over time, it just kind of snowballed and, and has me here. So now I, I can't look back right now. I have to, like, it's my duty. I feel like to pay that same message forward because there's probably going to be people listening to this podcast here of, of our conversation that are maybe in a similar situation to that, that need to hear that same sort of thing. And maybe this is like that one little seed planted into their mind, um, to start that effect. So, so yeah, I didn't start that way. No, not at all. So one of the reasons I asked too, and like, it's funny, you know, like obviously people are listening to this, but we're kind of smiling as we're talking about this because, you know, one, one, I think that we both probably have these memories. I can tell by when you're telling the story and then I can relate to my own memories of, you know, mm. my time of dicking around and my time of being, my, my time of being lost, kind of like you had said. And this idea that being a natural, like, I think it gets skewed and some, sometimes, you know, like, it takes, it takes you 20, 25, 30 years to become a natural at something and, and people really want to, they want to think that, oh, that person's just good at it. And I think that that speaks to that, um, that extreme ownership too, where it's just like, no, it's probably just something that that person has done, you know, when not everyone's looking, right? Exactly. Um, and, just, and just focus on their own growth. Well, 
question I have for you on training is because this time, right, this time when you really maybe didn't have everything tuned in the way that you do now, but you, you had mentioned like earlier, you were talking about like dicking around like college, not as focused, but you loved training. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like what, when you when you look back at that time, like what surprises you most about the, what you were able to accomplish in spite of what you were doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so like, even though I was probably following not that great of a plan, <laughs> like still being able yeah. to get results from, is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, back looking back at my training now, like I, I was always ending up in places with it where I was getting stuck because I had like this idea of like progressive overload and whatnot, mm-hmm. but like I didn't understand how to necessarily incorporate it. So like one day I'd be doing like a four by eight on a squat. Well, then next week I'm like, Oh, what should I do this week? Well, I want to do sets of four or fives instead, but I've got to do more volume than I did the week before. So, but I'm going to keep my reps lower for some reason. So I'm going to add on all these extra sets. You know what I mean? It's like, I was just always doing these I just had no structure to anything that I was doing. Um, it was just kind of like throwing a dart at the dartboard with blindfolds on, but what was still there the whole time was consistency. And I think that's the biggest piece that so many people miss. Like, even though I definitely wasn't periodizing things correctly, I best definitely wasn't managing my fatigue correctly by any means. I definitely wasn't training hard enough on a lot of days and probably training too hard on other days and whatnot, like just kind of all over the place. But at the end of the day, like looking back, that's where my foundation of my body composition was built. Honestly, was in the years where I didn't really understand the principles and the science-backed methods to training and what creates progress over the long haul. But um, I was consistent throughout that whole time. And at the end of the day, so many people miss that. They're like, I put a post up about this today. You could follow the worst plan in the world, or you could follow the best plan in the world. But if like you're impatient and you're, you have this perfectionist mindset to where you're always on track, off track, on track, off track, you're going to get worse results than if you were just consistent with a shitty program from the start, but just stuck with it over time. Does that make sense? Totally, man. And you know, I, I laugh because I think that, I mean, that too, that, that was basically the, the dominating principle and what I saw too, what I experienced is like, well, shit, I just wake up every day and do it. And, yeah. and, you know, regardless, but obviously there's some, <laughs> like you said, fatigue management, recovery modalities that probably help out um, as you progress. But uh, like that is, that is the singular thing that I think mostly everyone can take away from, from this and not just in training and nutrition, but you know, in general, your growth is going to be a result of consistency. So I think you can get caught up in the weeds too, right? Like with the, the science of things, is it important? 100% it's important. But like, if you look like at a guy like a David Goggins or somebody like that, like, are they training with the most, or like Cam Haynes? I don't know if you know him, the bow hunter, um, Cam Haynes and, and David Goggins. Are you familiar with David Goggins? Yeah, I know David Goggins. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, like those guys, are they following the most science-based principles to the things that they're doing? No, but they go hard and they stay consistent at it over the long haul. And that, that drives results, right? Like, so at the end of the day, like the internet is an amazing place and all of the science-based <laughs> material and everything. It's awesome. But like when I talk with clients and people are looking to come into my programming and work with me as well, like there's so much information that it can turn into this cluster and so much confusion. And like, you don't know where just to put your focus at. Right. And when like, first and foremost, that focus should be on, okay, creating habits and creating a plan that first you can be consistent with. 
So like where, what's going to work for you inside of your lifestyle um, so that you can have consistency at your foundation. Then let's start sprinkling, sprinkling in all of these science-based principles um, and methods that are going to help best get you to where you're wanting to go over the long haul. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think so as like individual approach, because that, that is the way that you, know, you and I both work with people is through an individualized approach, but you had mentioned habits and consistency and like that, that's the first step, right? And because um, it's not so much that that's, that that is an individualized approach because everyone's going to have a different, basically a different habit or struggle that they need to work on that consistency with. So, so is there something within like your coaching or your programming, like a habit that you, you, you notice comes up the most for people to focus on or a combination of habits? like a common habit that like for the successful people yeah or like that you see most in your coaching right like you know some people will you know your your coach is going to be different depending on what they value in terms of mm-hmm. uh, of health sure. and fitness and we all taking it like i don't <laughs> i shouldn't say we all because we don't but coaches like yourself and me would take an individual approach but is there like habit that you find that you're like most of your clients come in you're like all right we got to fix this this is like priority yeah okay i get what you're saying absolutely that's a good question um persistence more than anything else um because people so many people come into fitness like you get this hardcore string of motivation right like you want to get into it you're ready to roll you want to hit the pedal to the metal train six days a week, eat perfectly clean, eat super low calorie, drive results really, really fast. Right. Um, but with that, like what most people fail to remember is that three months or three weeks down the road, four weeks down the road, five weeks down the road, you're probably not going to be as motivated as you are today. Right. And then that's when you're going to end up having mess ups. You might get off a track a little bit. You might miss a training session. You might go out to eat and not track your calories. You might overeat for an entire weekend and put back on a couple pounds that you may have lost. Um, And then that's when people ultimately end up falling off. Right. It's this yo yo effect of going really, really hard and then saying, screw it all together. But um, the one thing that I try to teach more than anything, honestly, is persistence. And that leads back to consistency at the end of the day. Right. But it's just understanding that. As you are going down the line, as you are putting in the work, you're going to mess up. I tell every single client this too, before we begin, like you have to understand before we begin that you are going to mess up and you messing up or not, isn't what dictates you getting the result that you want to get. It comes down to what you do after you mess up. So you might as well accept today that you're not going to be perfect along the journey so that when you're imperfect, you're taking, you have more of a proactive mindset towards it to just get back on track afterwards instead of let that domino into more and more days of off track because, oh, I screwed up my day this one day. Now, now all of my progress is ruined. But if you just get back on track and continue pushing forward, you have to kind of have that take one step back every once in a while to be able to continually take more and more steps forward over the long term. And you can't do that until you, until you start to take on that persistent type mindset, that persistence greater than perfection. And when you do that and really drive that home, well, now you've, you'll get a little bit more patient. You'll be a little bit easier on yourself and you'll actually give yourself some room to breathe to be able to actually stick with it over the long term rather than thinking, okay, I've got to be perfect for 30 days to lose 20 pounds and, and whatnot. It just gives you that room to, to um, understand that you're going to mess up along the way because we all do. That's what I always tell people, like the people that you look up to the people on Instagram that have the body compositions that you want to have with the hard six pack abs or the girls with the, the big glutes, whatever it is, 
I promise you, they all mess up too. But the one thing that they have mastered is they just get back on track. And so if you can take that same mindset, like you can do the same thing. There's not something special about them to where they're just perfect on their training every single week. They're perfect with their nutrition every single week. They all have mess ups and setbacks too. But the ones that get to where they want to be just continually get back on track and keep going after it. So that's the one thing that I really try to hammer home. Is that something that you like had experience for yourself where like, did you find yourself coming from a perfectionist mindset or do you feel pretty comfortable knowing that like mess ups happen? Like it, as, as you kind of developed into the coach that you are today, because I know that <laughs> I can, I can tell you from, from all the clients that I've worked with or, um, people that I just, that, that I talk to is that how much that perfectionist mindset gets in the way. Is that something that, <clears throat> is that something you see with almost everyone? Is it something that you felt yourself? How did that develop with you and your coaching journey? Yeah. Same thing for like in, in fitness for myself, fitness, nutrition, and business. I had, I had to learn, right? Like, right. Um, especially in fitness, as I began, I had that, like everything that I coach on, like you're bringing all this up and asking like where I started, I've never been asked all these questions. And it's funny because like everything that you're asking, well, yeah, that's what I struggled with. Right. So like looking back, I had that perfectionist type mindset. Like I couldn't eat carbohydrates or like I had to only eat quote unquote clean foods. And then when I I'd, I'd mess up one day, well, then it would turn into a week or two weeks or three weeks and then all out binge. And then I get back on track and repeat that perpetuous cycle over time. Right. And so like just with time and, and learning more and more, um, and like just getting more comfortable with realizing that this is going to be for the rest of my life. And it's not just going to be for the next 30 days. Right. And I'm just getting to that point to get comfortable with that and realize that it's probably going to take a little bit longer than I want it to. And as I started to adopt that mindset over time, and honestly, I wasn't even, I wasn't even really coached in it in terms of nutrition, like looking back where a lot of that came from, which is, is weird to say. And like, I adopted it into my own um, fitness and nutrition and my business was Gary V like his whole spiel on patience, like quit or be patient, right? Like patience, patience, patience. I remember like five, six years ago, like always hearing that pounded into my head from him. Cause I would get obsessed with his content and just, it just, um, resonated with me because like everything he was touching on was all the stuff that I was, that I was always, um, struggling with the most with, thinking I need to be perfect along the way, thinking that it should be happening faster than it should, thinking that I should be further along than I already am and all this stuff. And hearing that from him over and over um, as I was starting my businesses five or six years ago, um, it kind of just turned into to my message too, because I lived it. I started to adopt it and live it. And like, now that's, that's who I am, who I've become. So, so yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely a part of how, you know, coaches find, you know, how, how clients find their coaches, right. Is that, that you, you have that common experience or, or emotion. And, you know, I think that we probably have a lot more in common, like people have a lot more in common than they even think, but there's going to be those specific experiences that just relate on, on just a, you know, a deeper level. And so I think that's where those, those true uh, changes can be made so that they understand what the importance of persistence. So, went on that in terms of like results. So this is a big thing, right? Where people focus on results. I mean, it's, it can ultimately, it can actually be one of the reasons, the obstacles that we slow down in focusing on something because we're so result focused. 
And so you had said something just before that made me think of this was you're basically when you stop thinking about it so much is that it, you were able to achieve it while keeping it in mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And so kind of, um, basically was there something that you achieved that once you started focusing on the next step versus the whole thing that you were able to actually achieve it faster than you thought or yeah. better? Yeah, absolutely. I would say loss and lifting as a whole kind of happened that way. Like I remember putting, um, goals on my, for like revenue, for clients, for all that kind of stuff on um, a whiteboard and having it in front of me every single day. And I remember putting that up there and thinking like, man, like this, this is a year away. Right. But like having it there in, in my office and looking at it every single day, I would look back a month later and it'd be like, okay, I'm a little bit closer a month later. Okay. I'm a little bit closer a month later. Oh, I hit it. It's like something happened and then you hit it and you're like, oh man, and then you, you put up the next one. Um, and it's, it's that same thing, right? Like you get a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and then um, you end up hitting it. And then you end up looking back and what you were trying to start, what you were trying to achieve when you started, you're already past that state because you took it step by step instead of like the whole overwhelm of somebody that wants to lose a hundred pounds. Well, let's lose, let's lose five pounds. Okay. Now let's lose another five pounds. Okay, now let's lose 10 pounds and just continuing that effect of thinking instead of having that overwhelm of like, oh, man, I need to be like for me in the business, I need to be full time supporting my family with this. Like, what am I going to do today? Well, it's going to take a damn long time for that to happen. So let's start with small little goals that are ultimately going to get me to that big goal. But then I can start checking off wins and it'll create that momentum over time. Right on. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, I think that that's breaking it down is probably the best way to go about it. But I mean, I, I think to the reality of that goal, like you said, the whiteboard in the office, I mean, dude, that's so crucial just to have that. Uh, I, I call it the, the way that I say it and like all the time with people is frequent exposure, right? Mm-hmm. And you need that, that frequent exposure to what did it, what, what are you going for today? Right. And, and obviously like with that bigger picture, you break it down. And so today maybe looks different than that goal. That's 90, 180 or you know 365 days away but uh, that's overwhelming too right like right it's so overwhelming man to have that sort of a like a, a big huge goal that you want to accomplish like it's great to have that but if you don't break it up into sections um like especially with with body composition like especially with weight loss if you don't break that down over longer term and and like accept that it's going to take a long time so let's start with the first five and then maybe the second five and then maybe the third, the fourth, the fifth, well, then maybe we need a diet break for a little while because you're getting ran down, right? Maybe we need to just hang out here and accept where we're at and learn to enjoy the journey rather than always hoping for the result at the end of the day. Because like, I'm sure that you've um, encountered too, as you start checking off these big goals that you wanted to achieve, you don't find the enjoyment from achieving the goal, right? Which is super interesting. Like you don't get to where you want to be and then you feel like you thought you were going to feel like you're not going to feel like, oh, I've made it. Like I, I lost 50 <laughs> yeah. pounds. Now I've made it. I'm going to be the happiest person and live happily ever after. Like your mind's automatically going to go to that next thing. And so like, and then you're just going to be left with a feeling of emptiness, right? Like if you're always chasing that next thing, like you have to put some sort of those smaller goals intact that will get you to that bigger goal. But even for like to dig deeper than that, you've got to put reason behind what you're doing. Like it's cliche to say, find your why, what's your why. Right. But it's, it's crucial like to have something deeper than a number on the scale or 
um, a certain amount of revenue in your business or a certain amount of clients in your um, on your roster. Like you've got to have deeper meaning to all of that stuff. It's great to achieve those things, but if you don't have that deeper meaning, you're going to feel just as empty and just as insufficient and um, as you would have not achieving it even in the first place. At least that's been my experience. So, yeah, totally. I mean, um, I think it's, it's funny because it's another thing I say too is simple, but not easy. And mm -hmm. I'm not the only person that says that, right. Everyone says that, but it, it's something that I really put weight in because, um, it is, it is simple and it can almost be frustrating. And, and I'm sure that you've experienced this too, um, in, in your way of working with your clients or, or your audience or whoever is responding on your, um, social there too. But it's like, when you, when you ask them why, or when you, or when you tell them to, Hey, you know, like, why don't you consider why it's like so simple. It's almost frustrating, right? Like mm -hmm. you probably think of a time in your life when you got asked why, and you're like, well, I, I don't know, man, I just want, I want it. Right. But it's, it's kind of like, it goes back to almost like what you said before, where that's, that's motivation instead of like a plan, right. And motivation is cheap fuel because it runs, you know, it'll run fast. Yeah. It's so true, man. And like, if you don't have that deeper meaning, um, behind you and this kind of leads back to everything that we've been saying, like if you don't have that deeper meaning, um, when you do lose motivation, when it does take longer than you want it to, like when you are having those contemplating thoughts of, of wanting to quit, like that, why is your, your backup fuel, right? Just as you said, the motivation is the cheap fuel. I've never heard of it like that, but that's a really good way to put it. Um, got to have something deeper than that because when it does run out, if you have nothing behind you, like you're just going to end up falling over, right? You're just going to end up saying, ah, oh, screw it. And then you're going to be in the same position that you're in now, six months down the road. When, if you just would have found, took a proactive approach to what you were doing, got deeper, dug deeper into yourself, into your awareness with yourself, all that kind of stuff. And just kept chugging along. Even if you weren't perfect along the way, you'll be much more fulfilled, much more happy and satisfied with yourself rather than letting that motivation run dry and not going deeper with yourself um, and just ultimately staying where, where you are rather than putting in that imperfect, imperfect action over time and being miles ahead of where you would have been. How important do you think that is right now for people? I mean, just considering, I don't, you're, um, I don't know how, like where the, the shutdown level is where you're at, but you know, it's kind I'm, of different across the country. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm in Idaho. It's like, I'm in a little small <laughs> town. Yeah. yeah. Like we, COVID's all around us, but like, I'm around a bunch of, a bunch of like blue call. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, smaller. There's yeah. not even masks. People aren't wearing masks. Like we were in Mexico and like, they're taking your temperature every time you're going in there. It was wherever we go to the city or anything like that, but we're in a small town to where it hasn't been huge, but you're right. The effect on the country as the majority, um, it's big. Yeah. I, I was just in Flagstaff last weekend. Um, and it was kind of the same thing that like small country style where it's like when you went into the city, right. There was all the measures, but like you just get out there and it's just space and wilderness. So, um, so, all right. For those people that are on shutdown, they are pretty limited right now. Right. What should the person that doesn't have like equipment or they currently don't have a plan, what should they be focused on right now? That's a good question, man. Um, I have clients in those same situations, right? That are like, they've just gotten shut down, like in Pennsylvania and Washington, um, California looks like they're doing the same thing. And like for those people, 
I would say like, if you're serious about your training and your nutrition, right during the middle of a lockdown, it, it could be a, a couple different ways for different types of people. Like, and I've heard coaches elaborate on this in different ways, but there's so many different people. I think there's different situations and different ways for people to focus on, on it. Right. Like I know for my clients, like I have, I have a lot of mom clients that are in those situations right now, um, that have all of a sudden had to start working back at home. All their kids have been canceled from school. Their life has, they have more responsibility right now than they ever have. And so to say, well, you're just home all day. So like you're in control of your food. So it should just be super easy to stay on track with your food and stay in your deficit, right? Like for that person, okay, that's, that might not be very realistic. Maybe we should look at going into more of a maintenance approach, upping calories a little bit, like taking the stress away from your nutrition and allowing you like to take care of the things that are most important, which is your career, your family and your sanity. And then when things level back out and you can get back into a routine, we'll start to put things back in place. That doesn't mean like no exercise at all. Let's focus on a step goal each day, get outside, get some fresh air, um, maybe buy some resistance bands. I've been sending all of my clients that have no equipment. I'll just ship them from Amazon, a, a thing of resistance bands so we can get some training in just to maintain our physique more than anything. Right. So like for that type of person that the lockdown leads to much higher stress and much higher, um, responsibility, I would always look at more of like a maintenance approach with that type of person, um, with more of that persistent mindset, right? Like now's the time where we're just going to kind of let off the gas a little bit. You're going to just focus on taking care of the things that are most important in your life. Like get all that under control. This too shall pass. And as it does, we'll look to get back into the swing of things and kick things back up a notch, but let's not put a ton of stress on yourself right now with your fitness when so much stress has been elevated in other areas of your life for the other type of person that maybe doesn't have kids that are being stuck back home at school. They've already worked at home or like they like the fact of being at home. It's just less stressful for them to be at home all day. Well, that's the person that, okay, you're home. You're completely in control of all of your meals. Maybe you're going out a lot before and now you can't. Well, now is the perfect opportunity for you to kick it up a notch in terms of your nutrition. And maybe we can really start to blast that fat loss and get a whole lot more um, consistent with it because the all the other stressors inside of your life have been downregulated. So now this stressor might be able to go up a little bit and we can start to push towards that goal. Does that make sense? And then like yeah, with that yeah. person, yeah, like that'd be the person to be like, okay, like if you can and you can afford it, I would definitely suggest like maybe getting some dumbbells, if you get a barbell and some plates, something like that, because we can really start to hammer home at this because now your life is freed up and you can go about it. But like to put a blanket statement on it and be like, everybody should do X, I don't think is doing the situation justice because different people are in such different situations. Like for myself, the lockdown doesn't affect me. I already work at, at home. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really change my, all it does is makes it so I can't take my wife out to dinner at night. And if I have to put a mask on to go into a grocery store or to a gas station, like it's not adding a whole lot of stress to me, but for certain people, it's throwing a ton more stress on them. And then for others, it's taking a lot of stress off. And as you know, as a coach, like our job is to just help people manage the stressors in their life better and fit things in and out. Um, what's going to help them with adherence most to get them to whatever that goal is that they have for themselves. So those are the two situations that I've ran into the most. And that's how I've, I've dealt with them. So like, so for anybody listening, like decide which one of those two people you are, like, are, does the lockdown put a lot more stress on your life? Probably a good time just to focus on maintenance with your training and nutrition. Does the lockdown take away stress from your life for some reason? Well, maybe it's a good idea to invest into some equipment um, and start hammering away at things a little bit harder while you have the, the time and the stress management management to be able to do so. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it too, because I mean, I'll be, like, 
obviously for us, we think of the first, the first thing is an individualized approach. And those are two, like it's, we will go into deeper detail on that for those specific people, but it's a pretty good way to at least paint a picture and help people understand too where stress, you know, plays its role and just being realistic with capability at, at this mm-hmm. time. And so uh, I think that's super helpful, but I also, it, it's funny to, to me almost like I, I don't, I got into nutrition coaching because I was fascinated with basically the, the bounds that we could break through by knowing more about our, you know, our body. So like the, the physical bounds more specifically, but you know, as we get into this, I mean, was there a certain point that you realized this isn't about food or training it, that this is like, I, I, I was joked that it's like a stress management degree because, mm-hmm. you know, to some extent it almost is. Yeah. It's like, a, <laughs> it's much more like psychology and stress management in my experience, right? Like yeah. when I got into it, it was like, it was like, okay, I'm going to set something up with the perfect macros. I'm going to pee training out perfectly. And like, this is going to be great. And then once Things I started putting, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. will go amazingly, right? Like I'm going to get people amazing results. And like, um, this is going to be great. Like this coaching thing is going to be super easy. I know all the science behind it. Like let's go out and let's really start helping people. And then I start giving people like these periodized approaches with their training that I've thought out like to the T with their nutrition, like getting their everything set up perfectly. And then they, they're not getting the results that they want to. And I'm thinking, well, what the hell? Because at the end of the day, it comes down to that adherence factor, right? And adherence comes down to so much of stress and so much around the, the psychology of things, working through those limiting factors in terms of persistence, um, okay with not being perfect, realizing that like you're going to have to deal with your emotions and handle your emotions and build up your awareness along the journey. Like that's what a coach is there for. Like if you're not doing those things, you're just an expensive macro calculator, at the end of the day, right? Like you could go, you could go buy a program from somebody for 30 to $50 and you could just get a free calc. You could get the calculator, honestly, on my website for free, <laughs> right? and you could go out and get amazing results. But as a coach, just as, as you said, our job is to help, um, on the, the things that are stopping people from getting the results that they want. And those things are not finding the perfect macros. They're not finding the perfect training program. Now, do those things help in a periodized intelligent approach from somebody that has a lot of experience in this? Is, is that valuable? 100%. But the real value comes um, from learning stress management, from a coach helping you build that awareness, asking you the tough questions, um, and just being there to support you along the way and, and help teach you the mindset that it's going to take at the end of the day. Um, and you'll start to learn that that's a lot more important than a set of macros or um, the perfect training program. Yeah. So if anyone listening to this is interested in the macro calculator, we'll, we'll make sure that uh, Chaz, you know, <laughs> he'll, he'll give you his information here, but uh, also when it doesn't work, we're, we're here for you. Cause you know, exactly. there's, there's no, there's no magic in the numbers. It's just something that um, it's part of the game. Right. So that's an interesting thing that coaches will do sometimes too. Like, I know whenever I talk to like new coaches and they're asking for like um, advice and whatnot, like content and stuff. And like, you tell them to put out all of your best content for free. You know what I mean? People like, they don't want to do that. Like I can't give away all of my knowledge and all of my information because that's what people are paying me for. Right. When at the end of the day, like that's not what they're paying you for. They could go get that anywhere that they 
that they want to, what they're paying you for is the individualized approach to the, to the struggles along the way, right. To helping you manage your stress, to helping you manage um, your mindset along the, the journey. And that's, that's where I feel like a lot of coaches go wrong is not giving out as much as they possibly can for free because they think that's the bread and butter. When that, like when you start working with more and more people, you quickly realize that that stuff, like that's just the, the cherry on top of the cake, right? Like the nitty gritty stuff of mindset psychology, like that's really where results are made and where they're lost. Totally. And it's not, nothing can measure up to the, mentality that you can build from having a coach coach you individually and, and provide that accountability for you. And so I think that that I, I, I used to not so much I used to feel that way, but I definitely thought that mm-hmm. at times where it was like, oh, if I just give it all away for free, what's coaching? But, you know, I've also heard pretty much just exactly what you said, but it, it, it comes down to like, I think this idea of coaches being macro calculators, one, I think it's easy to come to that conclusion based off of what you see off of on the internet, right? Like if your first, you know, Google searches macros, well, you're going to get a macro calculator. You're going to get lost in lifting macro calculator. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, you know, there's, there's definitely value for people to, uh, to gain in terms of mindset for sure. and, And the individual accountability. Absolutely. So, um, all right, man, I got a question for you and this is, we'll, we'll kind of leave it off on this in terms of travel because so Allie, my wife and I are, are both big into travel and obviously things are different right now, sure. but, um, your, your vision started with traveling being a part of it. And mm-hmm. I, I gather that it's kind of coming back into the picture with the, with what you're creating for yourself in terms of an online business and the presence and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. What do you have next, man? What's, what's next? What's travel? I mean, you got a family too. Like, I know you guys just came from, uh, was it? No, Mexico, right? Mexico. Yeah. So we spent the last two weeks in Mazalan, Mexico, just hanging out. My family has a, uh, my grandparents actually have a condo there. And so our life is kind of in limbo at the moment. I've, I'm in my hometown currently in Idaho. This is where I've, I've lived. I've grown up. We've raised our three-year-old daughter here up to this point. Um, I have a gym here. I, I own a fitness facility that I have here as well as lost and lifting, which is another thing. Um, but, uh, we just got home from Mexico. Reason being is we sold our house about three months ago here, um, in Idaho, because we were actually making a move out to Orange County, California, um, to spend some time because my wife got a career opportunity out there that she, um, is going to take for, um, to level up her career, to give her something that, that she loves to do basically like I do, like we could stay here and it's all great, but her, her passion is out there. Um, it leads her out there. So, so we're fortunate enough in our situation with, with what I do that I can pick up and I could basically be anywhere. Right. And, and coach people online. So, um, that's our plan, man. And after Christmas, probably, I don't know when this is going to drop, but it's right before Thanksgiving right now. We just got home from Mexico. We're going to stay here for the next month through Christmas. And then our plan is to move out to, um, to California. And we were having conversation like, okay, where are we going to travel to next? Like, what do we want to do? We really want to do Europe because we haven't done that. And I really want to do South America because we haven't done that yet either. But um, like we start making all these plans and then you, you forget, oh, well, there's COVID right now you can't <laughs> go anywhere that you want to go. So um, until all of that is under control, we were like, 
I feel like the only country that you can really get into right now is Mexico. Hence the reason that's why we, we did go to Mexico or else we probably would have went somewhere differently, honestly. But, uh, but yeah, man, either Europe will be a, a trip in the horizon or I'll bet it's Europe. Honestly, I'd like to do South America, but I'll bet it's Europe. Cause that's where my wife wants to go. But, but yeah, we're picking up and moving our family all together to California here, here shortly too. So we got a lot going on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We just did the, we did the cross country move and it was like, where'd you come from? Where, we where were, were you at originally? Wisconsin. Okay. So, okay. you know, we, we evaded the uh, cold winter months and got, yeah, got nice. ourselves down to Arizona. <laughs> yeah. How far away from Phoenix are you? What, what town are you in again? Goodyear. 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 That's right. Yeah, is that so where the tire like, came from? No, people, people have asked that. So, okay. This is what it is. It's, I was shocked to find this out. And I think that I'm right. It's named after the dude who founded Goodyear, but there's really? no, there's no like Goodyear tires here. Like specifically, there's not like a, a plant or like an original really? location. Yeah. It's just like named after him, like, you know, like a monument almost, but it's a city. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. cool. How far from uh, Phoenix are you? Just West 30 minutes. Oh, nice. Nice. So it's, yeah. it's, Get, it'll get good and hot there in the summers then yeah oh yeah yeah nice, man. yeah it's been it's been hot lately and um but i yeah i have to laugh too chaz because when you were talking about going you're like oh yeah like uh naturally we want to go to europe and like that's it and then you're like have to think again because ever since i've been completely online i like don't drive that much anymore <laughs> yeah. you know I'm like don't think about those travel like restrictions as much and you're like well, shit, I can't actually make those plans, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a weird so time, I, man. Yeah, yeah. I had to like relearn how to drive when we came down here as well. So um anyway, man, I think I think that's a that's a great place to leave off. But before um before I uh, let you go, where can people find you? Yeah, Joe, first, man, I just want to thank you for having me come on. You've been an, <laughs> yeah. um, an awesome host, man. So thank you so much. And this your podcast is relatively new, right? Like how long yeah. have you been doing it for? Man, probably last two or three weeks. That's awesome, man. Well, you did, you've done way better than I did when I first started mine. So, <laughs> so you did an awesome job, man. I, and again, I, I really appreciate you having on. I'll, I'll, we'll have you come on lost and lifting talk at some point too, which, um, and flip the ro- the roles here a little bit. So like asking <laughs> you questions too, but, uh, but yeah, man, thank you so much for anybody that wants to find out more. Um, the best places to go really on Instagram, uh, the handle is lost and lifting. And then you go to lostandlifting.com If you want to, that's where you can find the blogs. You can find the podcast. Um, you can find some re- free resources. If you want help finding your macros, that's on there too. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, lostandlifting.com for, uh, like to find out about the brand and everything that we do. And then for daily content, you can just go to lost and lifting on Instagram and you find me there. Right on, Chess. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Great talking with you and uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Take us in your story so we know you're listening. That's at Joe Mike Paul and at Lost and Lifting for Chaz or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram using the handle I just said. And thanks again. I'll see you next time.